want to start off with the hard-hitting questions. Where do you land on the Lego movie? Everything is awesome. When you work as a team. I think it should be Royal's theme song. Were you expecting that? I think every, what, that he would sing it? No, that I knew it. Yeah. Everybody knows the Lego movie. So I wouldn't do this while James is here, but I was talking to my sister-in-law and she was like, the one guy, the smart one, and I was like, you're talking about me? And she's like, no. I'm like, uh, he sounds like Will Arnett. That's what, do you know who Will, Ar- Will Arnett is? That's no idea. kind of true. I'm kind of sad that you do not know who Will Arnett is. How would I know that? Um, like, where would I Lego find that? Lego Batman. Lego Batman. He's Lego Batman. He's my favorite Batman, by the way. Oof. Best Batman ever. Oof. I'm not going to lie. I'm not, like, super familiar with the original Batman, so... <laughs> we can't get into the superhero conversation. Yeah, everybody knows Michael Keaton. Probably should Batman. have stayed away from the Lego conversation, too, because, well, <laughs> I mean... That's, like, a harder conversation than Harry Potter. When I joined this team... <laughs> I'm going to throw it out here. When I joined the underwriting team, one of the first things that I had to do was take a quiz to see what house <laughs> I was in. I'm a Gryffindor. Uh, yeah, we've all taken the Pottermore quiz. Okay, what are you? I am a Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw proud. I'm pretty sure I'm a Gryffindor. Or a Like you're pretty sure or like you actually took the quiz? I've taken it. It's been a while. Okay, we should take it as a group. Okay. As a Money Donuts group. Oh my gosh. What do you think I would be? A Hufflepuff. <sighs> that's, like, I, that's like throwing some shade my way, right? Yeah. Okay. It is. <laughs> do you guys want to introduce yourselves? My name is... Chris Wilson and I don't know are we doing like royal intros here yeah or? yeah what is your what's what's your position yeah so I'm a consumer loan underwriter basically I just make loan decisions on the consumer side because that confuses people sometimes when you tell them your title I've been with royal for about six years now I am Ricky Bloom I am also a consumer loan underwriter I started about seven months ago actually in underwriting but I've been with RCU for three years and I've always been in the lending department. So I've always been here at the corporate center working in the loan specialist department role moving into underwriting. I feel like you guys are already moving too fast for me. Consu- say it, say the titles again. Consumer underwriting specialist? No. Consumer <laughs> consumer loan underwriter. Consumer loan underwriter. And like Chris said, it's basically everything from a personal loan to a boat loan. Basically just not business, not mortgage. Okay. We look at all other loans. Walk me through what a day-to-day in Royal in your life is like. Get up in the morning like a rock star, <laughs> and uh, but we still put our pants on one leg at a time. And then we uh, just kind of go through and we look at com- uh, loans on the computer all day. We do do a lot of phone calls, talk to dealerships a lot, talk to members, talk to team members out at the branches, and we just look at loans and kind of go through a lot of the numbers. But then we also try to gain as much of the story as possible to be able to make a decision on a loan, looking at all of the information possible and decide if it's a if it's a good move moving forward with that loan, both for Royal and for the member. And what's the best thing? You guys picked out a donut for today. Today's episode. What did you guys pick out? We picked out a Cooper looks very excited. I'm so intrigued. Um, Ricky's currently slowly opening a Dunkin' Donut box to yes. reveal the donut of the day. We chose a chocolate frosted donut Ooh. with sprinkles, never without Steve. <laughs> Always sprinkles. The donut is not as big of a deal as the sprinkles are. 
It's all about the sprinkles, Steve. Okay, so why did you guys pick this specific donut? <laughs> Actually, when I was going through the drive-thru, I didn't know that they had like other flavors of frosting. So, of Ooh. course, I asked, and then I was like, okay, well, I just want chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and please... Sprinkles. Sprinkles bring color to everything. And that that you feel like that's what you that you guys do at Royal. If I'm gonna use an analogy here, I'm gonna say lending is not black and white. It is there's there's multiple gray areas in lending, and that's why we try to get the story before making a loan decision. So we're using the colorful sprinkles as that analogy. Yes, we are sprinkles. Yeah. So consumer loan underwriter, also known as Sprinkles. You know, lending is so much more than giving somebody money to be able to buy something, right? So you're adding to their dreams and their story. And I think that's really cool. It's kind of like the Sprinkles. Like they're adding that personal fun touch to that really delicious donut already. How does that not brighten your day? It does make me feel better. And the fact that you guys are the first guest to ever bring donuts to the Money Donuts podcast. Yeah, they're our favorite guests. Huge props. And we didn't even mention that we're missing James today, and he's really going to regret not coming to this episode taping. So yeah, He's probably just happy to have a break from us, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> and if you're, watching, uh, if you're watching our Money Donuts video, you'll notice that Cooper took one for the team, and she's wearing the Money Donuts costume that James is supposed to be wearing. So Quite comfy. I'm also unsure that my measurements of him were right. I'm not sure it'll fit. Tell me a little bit about these member conversations that you guys have. How do those usually go? I can start with that one. A member conversation usually starts with a member account representative or a member lending specialist. So the difference is a member lending specialist is my previous role at the corporate center. They're the individuals that are answering the phone call, taking your application, whereas a member account representative works closely in the office. You actually get that face-to-face interaction. The conversation really starts there, and it's important to transition that story when they're calling over to us to get that decision. They actually both... A MAR is a member account representative or a member lending specialist have a template that they go off of. They ask specific questions to gather that full story because oftentimes I found myself in that position. We, if, if a member tells me they have a dog, we'll be on a dog conversation for about five minutes and Same. then we'll start talking about your loan application. So it's important to build a relationship, gather the story and bring that story over to us so we can make a decision. Yeah, get the whole picture. Yeah. I mean, we we look at a computer screen and it's got all the numbers we need to make a decision. The influencing factor on that is what's the story? You know, what's what's behind that? We can look at two different sets of numbers that are the exact same bits of information and two different stories can result in two different decisions based on what the situation is why the situation is the way it is, and kind of what's led up to that point. So really being able to get the full story on what's happening is the most important thing to us. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot and see if you can tell us a story because these are probably my favorite part of lending. Can you, you know, tell us a story about a time you made a decision on lending? So you had all the numbers, but the cool thing about credit unions and Royal, now we can't always say yes, but sometimes we say yes when the answer would typically be no. Can you, you know, talk about that a little bit and like really elaborate, like why does that story matter? Kind of goes into one of the four C's of credit. A common situation that we'll see, and there's definitely different 
iterations of this story along these lines, but something that will make us overturn the numbers a little bit sometimes is maybe we see some collections out there from a year or two ago and things on the credit report maybe don't look that great. Um, there's been missed payments and things. Maybe we've already seen that there's been some good on-time payment history since then, but just not a lot of it. And it's a situation where none of the numbers kind of line up to where we'd want to see them. And then we find out maybe they were out of work for 12 months because they were battling cancer. And now they've come out of that battle and they've won that battle, but now they're in the battle of just trying to get their life and their finances back on track. That wasn't a knowledgeable decision for them to not pay their bills. That wasn't anything within their power to say, hey, I'm just not going to make my mortgage payment this month. They were literally fighting for their life in that situation. And now that they've gotten through that battle, we're here to try to help them pick up whatever pieces are left and just start putting their life back together moving forward now. That's one of those situations where we'll get something along those lines where there's a big traumatic life event and then we can we can definitely start working with them, especially when people have started trying to put things back together themselves. That's a huge thing for us because we can see there's already the drive to start moving in that direction. So sometimes we'll ask for that first. But once we can see that people are definitely trying to move that direction again, we're willing to go and meet them in the middle. I love that. That is the credit union difference. That's what we're all here for. This is just how our minds are set. This is how we're trained in is to look at things in this way. And we we search for the right people to work here that have that mindset and that are humans that want to help other humans. And when we get those type of people in the right places, that's where we can make a huge difference and things can really come out the way they do with Royal a lot of times. So what can members do to kind of help themselves? How, how do they make the decisions easier on you guys when you're having those conversations? I think being open and honest. We try to make a loan application as comfortable as possible. And I think a lot of the times people don't necessarily want us to give want to give the full story. And I think that Royal is different because we make it a comfortable environment for you to tell me the full story. Yeah, I think that's a big thing with us is the more of the story we can see and the more we can look at gives us more power to be able to make a proper decision. But I'm guessing even if uh, the members tell this story, it's not like you're automatically approving everything. So what are those type of conversations like? Or Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we can't say yes to 100% of the things that come across our laps here. What we usually try to do in a situation where we are un- unable to loan at this time is we try to figure out what's it going to take to get the member to the place that they want to be. So we'll try to come up with a little bit of a game plan. You know, if it's paying a couple things off, if it's restructuring where they're at, if it's just getting some time in with some on-time payments, if it's a limited credit situation, maybe we need to start at a smaller amount and they can show that they can make that payment history and then we can step them up over time and get them to where they want to be. And sometimes it's a, a quick and easy small step process. Sometimes it's a little bit more elaborate. You know, you don't build credit overnight. I think a big role that we play is educating and advocating. We try to make loans happen. We want to help you succeed in whatever you want to do. If you want to buy a a new Harley and drive it down to Florida, cool. Tell me all about it when you come back. I'm super excited for that. If you want to buy a home in a year, but you're kind of limited on credit, awesome. Let's work on getting you that credit built up so you can get approved for that home. I think a big, big 
part of why our job is so special is we build those relationships with members that we don't even we don't see you. We don't I'm on the other side of the phone, but I I want to know about your experience. I want to know about your <laughs> it seems crazy, but I want to know about your life because I care. And then going back to the Mars and the branch, like Chris said, you know, the answer cannot always be yes. But a lot of our branch team members build relationships with members, so they come back. You know, we may have said, no, not right now, but because the branch team members advocate, they come back and they say, okay, I did this, this, and this. Can you help me now? I think that's really cool. Steve, do you want to talk about like the technical things? So I love the feel good stories. I have goosebumps, right? Um, But let's talk. So you you guys are educators. Okay. So obviously credit is something that you're educating people on all the time. As someone who talks to people about credit, people have, you know, no idea really what makes up that credit and what the importance of it is and what percent is what, what to focus on. So can we break down a credit score is kind of like a donut. You have the foundation of the donut. It's kind of the biggest part. Then we have some frosting. Okay. Let's break down that credit score. What goes into it? A credit score has kind of different sections that apply a little bit heavier to it. The biggest chunk of a credit score is going to be your payment history. Uh, Generally, about 35% of your score is made up of payment history. How many on-time payments have you had on top of maybe how many missed payments? They figure a ratio between the two. So if you've got one missed payment out of 100 payments, that's going to hit you a little less than one missed payment out of 10. So that's that's one thing there. Just the total number of payments as well. You know, when you've got those 100 payments, again, if you miss one, it's not going to hit you quite as hard as when you've got less, but it shows that you've had more history with it. Kind of the next step down from that, roughly 30% of your score is basically going to be the amount of utilization or the amount of money that you owe against revolving credit. Revolving credit are things like credit cards where maybe you've got a $10,000 limit and you spend that, but then as you pay it back, that becomes available again. That's why it's called revolving credit. So that's the other chunk that really kind of messes with people. They don't realize, oh, I took out a credit card, so I'm going to use it so that way I can improve my credit score. Generally, you don't want to exceed 30% of your overall credit availability on revolving credit. That's kind of the magic number when you look at just all of your credit cards overall. So if you've got that $10,000 total balance between all of your cards, you don't want to spend more than $3,000 on all of those cards. What happens when you start getting above that mark is it actually starts hindering your credit score a little bit. And so keeping the balances low and keeping the payments on time, those two things right there are 65% of what goes into your credit score. Uh, The breakdown beyond that, about 15% is worth the length of your credit history. So how long you've had accounts. They generally kind of take all of your accounts and they'll come up with like an average amount of time that you've had these accounts open. And then a smaller 10% will be like new credit or accumulation of recent debt. And another 10% will be your types of credit, diversifying what's on your credit report. So having some revolving loans like those credit cards and then having like an auto loan or a mortgage or a signature loan, uh, different things like that. Why does having the different types of loans on there matter? You know, when we talk about diversifying your credit profile, why do we talk about that? It just shows that you can handle different types 
of credit, some of those things are the types of credit really kind of break down into two main categories and we want to see a good balance of those two. The two categories are what we call unsecured credit, which are going to be your things like signature loans or credit cards where there's no collateral, there's nothing tied to that credit. And then you've got the secured credit, which is um, things like a car loan or a house. Whereas if you don't make the payment, you've put that item on the line saying that if you're not going to make the payment, that you can potentially lose that item. I love talking about credit. <laughs> like what else can I ask you about it? Ooh, here's my, f- okay. So this is my favorite question. When I'm out there talking about credit with individuals during lessons, they're always like, okay, Cooper, but what about like credit karma? What about mint? What about all of those really awesome tools monitoring but where do they come into play because you know relying just on that credit score not always the greatest idea yeah so i'm i'm a big lover of credit karma i use credit karma very heavily in my life Um, i always love the fact that i could tell members that had credit karma when i was an mar in the office because when we'd hit that button to pull their credit literally within seconds you'd hear the phone ding and it's like "Mm, that's your credit karma (laughs) (laughs) so it's cool because that's one aspect of it that like you can monitor when your credit is being pulled so that's a huge tool that's the number one thing you can almost do for yourself to try to tackle potential fraud so that that close monitoring of credit can help stop fraud early. I've got a little spiel or a disclaimer that I put out there with Credit Karma. So here's it. my here's my credit card sh- or my Credit Karma spiel. <laughs> credit Karma does a soft pull on your credit. There's a there's a such thing as a soft pull and a hard pull. A soft pull is either when you check your credit score but do not get to see the report or you check your credit report but not do not get to see the score. You only get 50% of the information with a soft pull. The nice thing about a soft pull is it doesn't actually affect or hurt your credit at all. It doesn't show up necessarily that somebody pulled your credit and was looking at it from a potential loan standpoint. A hard pull is when you pull all of it. It's when you get to see the score and you get to see all of the credit information. That is when we get into a situation where depending on what happens from that point on, sometimes it can affect your credit a few points. So what Credit Karma does is a soft pull and they pull all of your credit report information. So the information on there is accurate. You do need to keep in mind that um, depending on how your creditors report to the credit bureaus, yeah, you might see something that is an older balance. But most places only report either monthly or quarterly to the credit bureaus. So you could be up to a month or three months behind on what you're seeing. That's the best information that the credit bureau has. If you were to officially go get your credit score pulled, you're going to come up with the same thing. Nobody has anything any faster than what Credit Karma is pulling. And Credit Karma updates quite often. So usually that's going to be as fast as you're going to see it. Um So they get that piece of information and all of that information is great because it's exactly what's on your credit report. Where I start warning people is in two two different areas. One, part of the reason Credit Karma is free is because they pay for their app with ads. So be careful of the ads that kind of come in there. Maybe sometimes there's something that's good there for you, but it's not always necessarily what you want to jump into. Uh, The second thing with Credit Karma is the score. Credit Karma uses a vantage score simulator or estimator and that's how they come up with your score they basically plug the information from your credit report into an algorithm and it spits out an estimated score that is not necessarily what your score is i have seen 
the score be just one or two points off. I've seen the score be 100 points off, plus or minus. So you never really know for sure what you've got with the score. It's just there to give you an idea. So don't use that as like a religious standpoint that this is my score. I know from my own personal standpoint, mine's usually plus or minus 20, what Credit Karma says to me it is. But I've just kind of learned that from monitoring it over time. Great tool to use, but don't put all your eggs in that one basket. Yeah, I love that. That's what I tell people too. You know, especially that like identity theft monitoring Mm -hmm. monitoring is like big and a really great tool if it's free. I think the key takeaways with your credit score are, you know, just making sure you're doing the right things over and over and over again. Make your payments on time. Keep your utilization low. You know, keep those credit cards open that you've had for a long amount of time. So, you know, as long as you're doing those good things, you're going to have a decent credit score when we look at it or you should i can't promise that right that's what i always tell people can we run this two different ways if i'm a member at royal and i'm looking for auto loans six months maybe sooner than that like where should i be looking for my credit score what should i be doing i mean should i be going to credit karma should i be going to the royal app should i be just calling in i think calling in is a great option for members so i managed to take the mirror off my vehicle this week Backing out of the garage. I'm pretty confident that I can fix it. I ordered the part on Amazon. I know. (laughs) Guys, I'm really, I'm pretty handy. Um, My mom also like restores cars, so she'll help. But also my check engine light is on again, and I think my car is going to die. It's probably just the mirror. It's not. No, it happens every time I like accelerate the it starts flashing and normally it goes away. I know, which is a really bad sign. Normally it goes away. Chris knows things about cars too. I'm pretty sure. So he's like, he's like Cooper, you cannot do that. And that is bad. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Is that what you're thinking right now? Yeah. I'm just going to leave my experience out of this one, I think. Yeah. So it usually flashes and goes away. So I'm like, well, fine. It doesn't really mean anything. Never shows a code, but it stayed on this time. I'll give you my advice. Buy a minivan. No, well, yes. But get some black tape. That's that's what my <laughs> Nana does. And she puts it over the lights. I love it. Her car. I'm not kidding. It's not there <laughs> if you can't see it. What else can we do to protect our credit? Because it's something we should be, you know, mindful of. It's a big part of identity theft. A couple of things that we see on a regular basis are members who put a phone number on their credit report. So if you've got a phone number on your credit report, we are obligated to call that number and verify that you are the person applying for that loan. We ask you a series of identity questions to verify you are you. And then after that's done, we can go ahead and proceed with decisioning the loan, but we cannot even make a decision on that loan until we have that alert cleared. Not only that, we see a lot of frozen Credit reports is what we say. We got to unfreeze your credit. And basically that just is calling the credit bureau saying, hey, my name is Tim. I am the person applying for this loan. Please unfreeze my credit with TransUnion because that's just who we use. If I have the opportunity to speak to the member directly about their frozen credit, I will let them know that it's just TransUnion. You don't have to go through the the work of unfreezing all three of them. We only use TransUnion. And those two alone, I mean are huge factors of protecting your credit because, again, we cannot make a decision on the... Are you okay? You brought donuts into the room. Oh, my gosh. My stomach is like 
My mind is there, but my stomach is like donuts. Steve, your mind is not there. (laughs) So we cannot make a decision on a loan until those are completely cleared. Okay, so when you say frozen credit, is it because it was hanging out in the negative 10 degree weather or like, what's that mean? Exactly. That's exactly where they put it. (laughs) Frozen credit is super simple to accomplish. You call the credit bureau. I believe you can even do it right on the app if you have it and you... One of the main things on their menu page is freeze your credit. It walks you through what that necessarily means. And again, it's just protecting it, putting a stop on it, let's yep. call it. And you cannot unfreeze that until you are the person calling or updating your app to do that. It's really simple for members to do. Let's do a roundtable of who has their credit frozen. Cooper, you're first. <laughs> no, I don't have my credit frozen right now. I could. I, I'll I say mean, we so. all could, but well, do you we have could. it frozen? No, I don't have it frozen right now, but I was going to say something about it. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm talking a lot. It's this donut costume. I'm like, I'm on my game today. I'm always wearing this thing. We're going to need to get two more. Um, <laughs> but so freezing your credit, I was thinking, I'm like, no, I don't have my credit frozen right now. It's not a hindrance. Yeah. I mean, we're talking probably five minutes added to a loan application to get that process done, whether it's either the the frozen credit or adding your phone number to the credit report. We're talking a five-minute difference only when you're applying for credit and you're protected 100% of the time otherwise from anybody actually pulling your report. Cool. Okay. Keeping on with the roundtable. Chris? I do not. My I I always feel like I need to defend this decision though, but um, I, I mean, I work for a financial institution And I use a lot of different things that I monitor my credit almost daily on my own. I mean, I had fraud show up on my credit one time. And when I called the collections department that supposedly I had a collection through, they were like, yeah, we see your file coming down the line, but we don't even have it yet. How did you get this information? (laughs) And so I'm just very adamant. Um... I also caught one time somebody applying with my information and I called so fast about it that the person was still there in person that was applying with my information. Oh my goodness. And I was calling being like, um, no, you're talking to the real me now. <laughs> so That's amazing. That rarely happens where they can actually like catch the individual. Wow. Yeah. So I I monitor probably to a level of obsession that I feel I'm exempt. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I like it. I like it. I do. Ooh, I was hoping we'd have one. And the only reason I had is I was traveling and I had gotten a phone call from the FBI that I was wanted in Texas. Oh, I was like the real FBI? Yeah. (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, So... Nothing ever come of it. Obviously, I'm still here. But it kind of put it into perspective for me that I was like, oh, wow, okay. I advocate for members and I talk to members and I advise members to do this. And now it's actually happening. It's happening to me. So I did. And again, super simple to remove it. But I'm not looking to take out a loan anytime soon. So we're going to keep it on there. But I also monitor my credit the same way. I use Credit Karma. I'm constantly looking at things and double protected over here. (laughs) And I'm like the, I feel like I'm the listener in this situation because I'm like. She's like, I've never monitored my I've credit. I've never monitored it my credit. And I, I don't even lock my doors at night. So <laughs> locking credit is like out of the question, but I should really 
Okay, so you guys have talked about, so we talked about credit karma. That's a really good one to monitor. Where else do you monitor your credit? What else can people do to do this on their own? So there is a website. It's annualcreditreport.com. It's annualcreditreport.com. I can never remember if it's .com or .what. It's .com. That's the only legitimate one. Type it in exactly. There's many copycat websites. Yeah, basically, if it starts asking for a credit card, (laughs) back out, try again. Yeah. It's, it's, It's free. It's not. Yeah, you can actually right now that they still have it. So it used to be you could only check it so often, but now they have it. Is it every week? Yeah, it's weekly right now. It used to be you could pull one, your credit report from each credit bureau once per year for free. Not that they ever like stopped me if I tried to do it more than once, but that's important to know. So now you can do it weekly, which is great. But remember, you know, we're monitoring our credit or credit's not really being reported for about 30 days, sometimes a couple months. So keeping that in mind. It is nice from a standpoint. And they started doing that kind of when like the COVID situation hit Mm -hmm. just so that way people could keep a closer watch on all of their stuff. Um, It's one of those things. I don't know if there's an end in sight to that. You know, it's one of those things that kind of got transitioned and I don't know if it'll go back or not, but if it doesn't go back, I think that's great because people have, more freedom than to continue accessing their report. You it's know, good for build when you're trying to rebuild credit too. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Steve. Ben. Uh, this goes back to like seven hours ago, but why? Why pull? Why does pulling your credit sometimes hurt your credit score? I never heard. I never. Ooh, not if you do it. Yeah, there's there's a couple different schools of thought, and there's. I had somebody that that was very smart with credit explain this to me one time, and then I found out it only applied in certain situations. So I I lived by this rule for forever, and then and then I found out it's not, it's only a rule, one percent of the time. What it is is that when you pull a hard pull on your credit, where you're getting all of your information, generally it's because you're intending to take out new credit. So it's not so much the pull that hurts your credit as much as what you do after the pull. Now, if you only do a singular pull on your credit, this is where that that rule that I said only applies so much. It's usually only worth a couple of points, but it really does vary based on what else is going on with that. When you do like multiple pulls, it's a multiplication factor. It's not like, oh, two points here plus two points here plus two points here. No, the more pulls you do, it can be more of, it kind of builds itself. But then there's also a thing with credit reports where like if you're car shopping and you do multiple credit pulls at multiple dealerships, you have like a 30-day window from when you've done that first pull and they recognize that there's the same type of pull coming in from multiple areas. They know you're car shopping. So then they kind of combine everything in there to one lump sum. So then it also depends. Did you take credit out? Did you just take a car out? Did you take out a car and a credit card? Did you buy seven cars? These are the types of things that then all of a sudden start playing into a factor of of what happens from that moment on. I think this is brings up a light bulb here. Ooh. We have a lot of members who call in to Can our- you edit a light bulb over her head in the video? Thanks for that extra work. No. Now it needs to happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I was in the member lending specialist department up again at the corporate center where we were taking those calls, a lot of members call to get pre-approvals. And I I like pre-approvals because like Chris said, when you're going to a dealership, the dealership is going to try and find you the best rate by pulling your credit at multiple different lenders. So 
you know you're going to get a good rate because you're already pre-approved through Royal Credit Union. So you go to the dealership, you say, hey, I'm pre-approved through Royal Credit Union. They're only going to send us the application and it's not going to negatively impact you at all. Yeah, the nice thing with that is that when we pull credit, it's good for 30 days. So if you do a pre-approval with us and we pull your credit, if you're still shopping within that 30 days and a dealership submits an app to us, we use the same credit report. We don't pull another credit report. So that's kind of something that we do as well that that definitely helps that. Also, if you're looking at trying to um, – now I'm getting off the car thing a little bit. But if you're trying to kind of restructure and maybe refinance some loans or just try to go through and get things put together, the same thing applies. So if you've worked with us within 30 days, maybe you went out and bought that new car loan or took out that new car loan and now you're like – you know, I'd like to refinance a couple things. They've got better rates than where I have my other car. And maybe we've got, you know, some credit cards that we'd like to consolidate. We can look at doing all of that on that same credit pull. This is also where then my disclaimer from earlier, you know, you you pulled credit once for a car loan and now you've taken out four different types of credit and that can play a little bit into your score. You know, we can we can kind of still use that just that one hit to solve multiple things. What is the best financial advice that you can give to anybody listening right now? I guess the biggest thing that I would say, um, like the the number one thing you can do for your finances is just like make on-time payments. As simple and crazy as that might seem like, well, duh, but it's the thing that gets people. You know, it's the little missed payments. It's not even necessarily that you intentionally missed the payment, but it's just keeping track of that making those payments on time. I know we went back to like, that's the largest percentage of your credit score, but it's really just like, we gauge so many things based on, do you make your payments? And we see so many times where people are like, well, they've got the money and they've got the ability to make the payment and they just don't make the payment. And whether it's out of, um, you know, just being a mistake or out of laziness or like, man, I'll get to it when I get to it. That is the thing hurting you the most out of anything. So it's like, just make your payments. Is there good techniques or like reminders that you can set up or? <gasps> oh, yes. So, so many things. Cooper probably has so many more than I do. <laughs> I, uh, I personally, I, I personally for myself, because of how my head is wired, this is not for everybody. That sounds like it's going to be complicated. I like to have control of each of my payments. So I don't like auto payments. Oh, I don't either. I have a whiteboard in my house Mm -hmm. with a grid. And Mm -hmm. I just, it's like, you know, when you're three and you get a star, Mm -hmm. it's like, I just, I get to, you know, oh yeah, I made the payment this month. We get to keep the house another month. But I I just mark everything off when I make the payments on stuff. So that way I can just go look at it in my office. I see, yep, it's there. This is what's paid. This is what's not. It's just a really quick, easy visual for me based on where we are in the month. That's just kind of what I do. But for people that maybe are forgetful or not sure, yeah, auto payments are pretty great. Mm -hmm. You can automate everything. All your bills, your savings, all of that. I recommend a bill pay calendar. So it's really similar to what Chris is saying. It's my personal favorite way to keep track of all of my stuff. But you can go to rcu.org slash virtual financial education and actually download our Royal Credit Union bill pay calendar if you want to in a PDF format. But I print that off, you know, make my calendar for the month, write down every single bill. And I like to cross it off. Like, no, I made that payment. I'm not an auto pay person either because I like to... Like, no, I did it, even though I know it's guaranteed if I auto pay it. But I was also going to say, you know, payments, making your payments on time is like the foundation 
of every relationship you have with your financial, with your utility companies, you know, making those payments on time is the foundation of that relationship. Like you're borrowing from them, you're paying them back. That's what they want. When you're doing that, you're good. When you stop doing that, gets a little yeah. dicey. I think my big takeaway was just to stay educated and never stop asking questions. Questions are always welcome. And I think it's important to be comfortable to ask those questions. And being here for three years, I've tried and tried to build relationships with internal team members and members to always be comfortable to ask a question. It may seem silly. It's not. Somebody else has the question. They're too afraid to ask it. Just ask it. It's never a silly question, especially coming, you know, from your finances. Absolutely. I loved that. That was a great wrap up. I know. Thanks, Steve. You're welcome, Steve. Oh, if they like this episode, what should they do? They should subscribe on their favorite podcast listening platform. Follow us on social media and leave us a rating and review and share the episode with their friends and family and even people like enemies too. like just share it with everybody. Just like donuts. Share a donut. I don't like sharing donuts. donuts, It's how you make friends. That's a bad example. I, I don't like sharing donuts. Yeah, but it's how you make friends. 